Hey everybody, this is the fourth installment of our Advent readings. I realized last week I got it backwards and I read about Mary and not Joseph. Um, so we're going to do Joseph this week, all right? So this is a uh, reflection on Joseph called Joseph Righteous and Kind by Ligon Duncan III. And it's a reflection on Matthew 1, 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Matthew 1, 18-25 Mary was betrothed to Joseph. This idea of betrothal is somewhat of a foreign concept to us. Typically, when we use the word betrothed, we are speaking of the wedding ceremony itself. For this reason, we tend to equate Mary's betrothal with engagement. Although that assumption is not entirely wrong, we must remember that betrothal in Israel was actually quite different from our modern-day engagement. A betrothal in Israel was much more final, much more committed, much more permanent, much more significant than our practice of modern engagement. When the Bible says Mary was betrothed to Joseph, it means that the two of them had pledged in front of witnesses to be married to one another. Although they were neither living under the same roof nor enjoying all of the privileges of being married, upon betrothal, they were considered to be man and wife. In Matthew 1.19, we learn of two crucial qualities possessed by Joseph. He was both a righteous and a kind man. When Joseph is met with the word that Mary is pregnant, despite them never having relations, he righteously determines to put her away. Joseph cares about the estate of matrimony. He loves the law of God and knows that the marriage bed is to be kept undefiled. Marriage is holy, and so Joseph will not trifle with it. Although he loves Mary, because of his love for God and his law, Joseph determines not to unite in an estate of adultery with this woman, so he decides to divorce her. He is going to gather the lawyers together and draw up the papers. Joseph, however, reveals in the midst of this display of righteousness that he is a kind man. In spite of Joseph's wounded affections for Mary, he does not take the recourses of the law that were available to him. In the Old Testament, a betrothed woman found in adultery could have been stoned to death. Although this practice was not occurring in Israel during Joseph's time, 
Mary still could have been publicly disgraced and expelled from the community. But instead of publicly disgracing Mary, Joseph kindly determines to divorce her quietly. The character of Joseph, the man God chose for his son to have for an earthly father, is not only interesting, it is also instructive to us. There are many who are righteous, but who are not kind. There are many who are kind, but who are not righteous. Joseph, however, loved God and his law, and that love of God touched his heart, causing him to be a kind man. When God chose a human father for his son, he chose a man who would be righteous and kind, qualities that reflect God the Father himself. Is that not instructive for every one of us to be like our Heavenly Father and to be like Jesus' earthly Father, righteous and kind, concerned for God's law, concerned for God's people? In Matthew 1, 20-21, God comes to Mary's rescue. Joseph thought she was guilty of some horrible infidelity, an infidelity that he could not even fathom. His heart must have been broken, so he determines to put her away. But as he is meditating, the angel of the Lord comes to Joseph in a dream, saying, Joseph, what you have thought is wrong. Your wife is innocent. She is pure. The child conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bear the Savior. Notice that God comes to Joseph as he is thinking, as he is meditating. We may assume that he is meditating on what God would have him do next. He is seeking guidance from God. As Matthew Henry says, The Lord gives guidance to the thoughtful, not to the unthinking. God's guidance is not an excuse for us to check our brains at the door or to cease thinking. Just as David meditated on the Word, Joseph is meditating on the Word and attempting to determine the honorable thing to do. During this meditation, God comes to Joseph with guidance from the angel. Notice what the angel calls him, the son of David. Joseph was a humble man, a carpenter. He was not a great land magnate or a great merchant. He was not a famed man in his community. He did not hold public office. He was not some sort of nobility. And yet the angel says, Joseph, remember who you are. You are the son of David. Before God calls us to obey, before he calls us to any great task, he reminds us of who we are in him. Although Joseph may have not been impressive in the eyes of the world, to God, he was the son of David, the man after God's own heart. Joseph was a descendant of the great precursor of the Messianic king. He was the son of David. After reminding Joseph who he is, God instructs him, Joseph, take Mary as your wife and name the boy Jesus. In verse 24, one of the most beautiful things is Joseph's obedience. Joseph awoke and did just as the Lord commanded. Joseph believed the Lord, trusted the Lord, and obeyed the Lord. What an enormous example of trust in spite of all evidence to the contrary. Joseph, she hasn't been unfaithful. I know your heart is broken, and I know your head is muddled, but listen to me. 
take her for your wife and name the boy Jesus. And Joseph, by faith, does just as he is told. What an example of trust and obedience. You know the old gospel hymn by that same name, Trust and Obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And that is precisely what Joseph is doing. He takes God's revealed word, his authoritative word, even his difficult word, and he believes it, and he acts in obedience to it. God tells Joseph to take pregnant Mary and to take her as his wife, to accept that this pregnancy has come not from some shameful act on Mary's part, but through the miraculous work of the Holy Spirit. And that word would have seemed as shocking to Joseph as it would to us. Joseph understood where babies came from. God is not playing on Joseph's pre-scientific knowledge of anatomy and biology. God is calling Joseph to believe his word and to act in accordance with it. And Joseph does just that. He accepts God's word and he trusts God's word and he relies upon God's word and he reorients his life to conform to that word. What a tremendous act of faith on the part of Joseph and what an example of obedience to God's word in spite of circumstance. It would have been, in many ways, easier for Joseph to disregard this word from God. He could have thought, no way can I be expected to believe this thing which God has said. No way am I going to provide support and love to this child that is not from me. No way am I going to endure the smirks and questions about the timing of this pregnancy. It's too much it's too hard. No. Instead, Joseph says, Lord, I believe your word, and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to be obedient to that word. What do we learn in the circumstances of Jesus' birth? Among other things, we learn that the Lord comes and ministers guidance to his people as they reflect upon his word. Furthermore, we can learn that God calls us to justice and kindness in order that we might mirror his image. Finally, we learn that trust and obedience after the manner of Joseph is the very way God intends us to walk.